Hello and welcome to the Cash Goals Podcast. Welcome to the Cash Goals Podcast. We're back to help you, the listener, continue your financial education journey. We're continuing to focus on the essential foundations of financial planning. And if you tuned into episode three, where we discussed inflation, you'll know that today we're going to talk about interest rates. Now, understanding inflation will really help you get the most from this show. So if you haven't already listened to episode three, hit pause, go back and listen to episode three now. Because if you listen to that first and then listen to this show, it will all make a lot more sense. Now, without further ado, I'm Chris, and here with me today is my co-host, Not Batman, Scott. How are you doing, Scott? Not bad, thanks, Chris. Not bad. You all right? Yeah, beautiful, thanks. It's a little bit rainy today. I was hoping for a bit more of a summer vibe, but say la vie. Could see you've got your shorts on, so you've, you've preempted it, but got it horribly wrong. But never mind. You've always got to be optimistic. <laughs> and before we get started, we should probably explain what interest rates actually are. Most people will have an idea, but I think just covering the definition would be helpful. So, Scott, would you like to uh, do the honours? Of course, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think we hear about the term interest rate a lot, whether it be on the news or when we're doing banking and stuff. But just w- what does it actually mean? So, in the very simplest terms, if you want money from somebody or someone else the person who gives you that money will want some sort of compensation for the fact they've lent you it so they want some sort of interest in return for allowing you to be able to borrow this money so loans are the obvious example uh you know if you if you are loaning or borrowing money from a bank then they'll charge you for the privilege of that um, and that is interest. That is what interests are, and that interest rate. But you also obviously receive interest on your savings in the bank. But your savings are your bank wanting money from you. So, so what happens with savings is you can look at it another way. Because effectively, what you're doing as a saver, you are you're lending your money to the bank. So, in in that scenario, it's kind of flipped on its head, and they're they're paying you a level of interest for allowing them to to hold to hold and effectively borrow your your money beautiful couldn't have said it better myself (laughs) now normally we leave emails till the end and i say normally this is our first email so fanfare (laughs) three shows in and we've got an email we've made it (laughs) so we had a message after the last show which ties in quite nicely with today's topic uh johnny emailed in and he said, hi, guys, loving the show. Good man, Johnny. Nice. Just a few questions after listening to the last podcast. What's a central bank? How is that different from my personal bank? And you mentioned central banks target an inflation rate. But how do they do this? What can they do to influence inflation? Now, we've promised to answer any questions that we get into the show. So let's start with this one. Um, I guess central bank is probably the first part of that question, Scott. So do you want to explain what a central bank actually is? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think we obviously went on in the last show just talking about central banks without properly explaining it. So it's it's a good question. So a central bank, effectively, it's 
it's a national bank and, and what their aim is is to provide you know financial and banking services for um, the country's government and for the country's uh, commercial banking system uh, as, so that, that when I say commercial banking system we're talking more about um, personal banks banks that we would all recognize ie high street banks commercial banks are the ones that we do personal banking with uh, take loans from mortgages stuff like that but so that's commercial banks and that's what they do but central banks as I said they focus on providing these services for the country but they also implement uh, government's monetary policy now we'll get on to what monetary policy is in a second because this covers a couple of things so they they are in charge of um, setting government the monetary policy for a country and also uh, printing money and issuing currency UK has got Bank of England um, the European Union has what's called the European Central Bank uh, the US, which we probably hear about a lot, has got what's called the Federal Reserve, or people call it the Fed. So these these banks, as I said, they're different from the high street banks because you can't you can't you know the average person can't just go and put their savings into a central bank. That's not what they're there for. The intention of these banks aren't to make a profit and to be lending money to and 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 taking savings from the average person. They're just there to help stabilize. Um, the the country's economy so that's that's what a central bank is and that's how they differ from um, the high street banks now as I said we talked about monetary policy this is what one of their roles is so what what is monetary policy so it, it's effectively um, tools as I said used to stabilize the economy and there are two tools or there are two tools within monetary policy that central banks have one is the ability to increase the supply of money. Now, we talked about this on the last show about inflation. When we mentioned quantitative easing, where they can effectively put more money into the economy. Um, and they, they can, of course, do the opposite. Uh, but it's, it, you know, obviously what we've seen in years gone by, it's been more about putting more money into the economy because that's what's been needed. The other thing they do, which is what we are talking about today, is setting interest rates so in answer to the question these these two tools are how central banks uh, control inflation by effectively setting the interest rate and or by changing the amount of money supply in the economy the aim is to either cool or cool inflation because it's got too high or to increase inflation because it's got lower than what those you know, we mentioned at the last show, Chris, the targets that these banks have. So what they're trying to do is use these tools to try and get it in line with whatever these targets are. OK, so how do they how do they decide whether to put rates up or down? Why would they adjust them in either direction? Think of the Bank of England as a uh, as a parent to a small child, which in our case, in this case, the small child is the economy. Now, um, if little Eddie, the economy giving nice. him a name yeah yeah alliterated as well so but if, if eddie the economy is, is moping around and looking a bit sluggish you know there's a good chance there's a good chance he's probably hungry right so he's given a bite to eat to perk him up this effect is the same as uh, goes for a sluggish looking economy where you know people aren't spending or there's a lack of confidence you know giving giving eddie some food is effectively the same as reducing interest rates because it's designed to give it 
that energy boost to uh, you know to get it to get the ball rolling to get it moving again. You know, similarly, similarly on the other way around, if if Little Eddie's a bit too hyper and he's had too many sugary drinks or sugary snacks, <laughs> he's going to have to have a bit of time out and cool down. So, uh, you know, the equivalent for a, ba- a central bank is to raise interest rates to effectively cool down the economy because maybe inflation's going far you know it's increasing more than they would like or economic growth is increasing more than they'd like and it just needs to cool down and just like i mean just like with children the theory behind controlling the economy can work better than the real world outcome as there are you know there are a number of unpredictable variables at play so the theory the theory might sound great but it doesn't always it doesn't always work but you know the basic theory is based is, is based on the assumption that inflation and interest rates are negatively correlated whoa whoa press the buzzer hit it financial jargon of the week right correlation scott you're gonna have to explain that to everyone okay we'll do so yeah jargon time correlation so the definition correlation it, it's a, st- a statistic that measures um, the degree to which two two things or two statistical measurements move in relation to each other let's take an example of a positive correlation let's look at the price of flour and the price of bread so you know if the price of flour increases a lot then the manufacturers of bread it's going to cost them more to produce said bread so what will naturally happen is it do you like said bread said bread yeah <laughs> said bread i mean i'm a poet i don't know it but um if the price of flour is increasing it means it's costing the manufacturer more to make their bread and and that means that they'll i mean they could they could swallow the cost but it's likely that the price of the bread will increase so these two items are an example where you would expect to see positive correlation in terms of if the price of flour increases it stands to reason the price of bread increases yeah now there doesn't i mean obviously that's an example of positive correlation you can see scenarios where there isn't any correlation so things can be totally unrelated to each other so if you take an example i don't know how much how much tea you might drink chris chris versus how educated you are or you know how educated people are i mean you drink a lot of tea but you know you're not that intelligent so i i have fortnum and mason english breakfast tea so so i'm really clever thanks other tea brands are available um (laughs) those ones are good though not paid to say that they could pay me if they want so that's two items that would typically say display no correlation but you know the example we're talking about interest rates and inflation you would say or, or the theory is that they are inversely or negatively correlated this is because you know as we mentioned if interest rates are lowered then inflation should increase because you know if interest rates are lowered then consumers are more inclined to borrow to borrow more money so as it's cheaper you know as we mentioned on the last show if there's more money chasing the same number of goods that leads to inflation so again if you look at the we've done on the show notes we've added a, a link that compares that's got a graph that compares uk inflation with uk interest rates i think it's from 1945 to about the start of um uh, the last decade 
Now, if you look at that graph, it doesn't really appear negatively correlated because what you would expect is, is that if that was true, inflation would increase as interest rates fall. But if you actually look at the graph, as you can see, Chris, you know, interest rates are going up at the same time inflation's going up and similarly interest rates are going down at the same time inflation's going down. So, yeah, I noticed that. So does that mean that you're telling me porky pies? I mean, fundamentally, you would say it does hold true. But the problem is there are there are, you know, nuances and, and factors to the reason why you see, you know, you see what you see in that graph. So the first point is you think about how interest rate changes and inflation rate changes are recorded. So if interest rates change, they change overnight. So Bank of England suddenly says, OK, interest rates enough, 3%. The next day or on that graph, you would see a tick up or tick down wherever we were. What happens with inflation is, is that inflation is a, a measurement, as we've mentioned on the previous show, that compares the price today to the price 12 months ago. So you've instantly got a 12 month lag on the inflation figure compared to the interest rate figure, which is, as I said, instantaneous. So that's one of the reasons why you don't just see a perfectly opposite movement of the two on that graph. Another reason um, that it doesn't necessarily hold true is because, uh, you know, if interest rates do change, it doesn't change the way that you and I or consumers act overnight. So let's just say interest rates do fall by 1% or, you know, or go up by 1%, 2%. We don't overnight suddenly go, oh, okay, if they've, if they've fallen by a percent, I can go and now spend loads more money. Those things take time for uh, the effect to, or for it to take effect in the economy and to take effect in people's spending habits. So it, it, it's, again, not instantaneous. So that's an even greater lag on the, um, on the graph for inflation anyway. So, I mean, there are other reasons as well. You can say that interest rates are, pre- are a preemptive measure. So they're trying to um, stem, the, stem that inflation rate from going higher. And, and therefore, when you see it rise, interest rates have risen it's effectively stopping it from rising further and then and therefore falling at a later date i mean there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't look like i've said it should but i mean fundamentally it does stand to reason that reduce interest rates you'll see inflation rise okay now when we were talking about inflation we said the the government wants to sort of you know the goldilocks not too hot not too cold they want things going up by about two percent Mm-hmm. what about interest rates we don't have a target for interest rates do we do we want them do we want them high or do we want them low yes it's a good question i guess well it depends whose viewpoint you're taking it from if you're taking it from a uh, an individual's viewpoint who's got i don't know let's say uh lots of lots of debt and it's linked to the interest rate you 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 probably want it to be a low level of interest conversely if you've got a lot of money in in cash you probably want a really high rate of interest so from a personal for an individual perspective it depends on their circumstance from a economic perspective an overview for the you know for an overview for a country's economy well we've i mean it's i'd say it's before your my time chris but you know you go back to 70s and 80s when inflation and interest rates were both in their low teens it was probably more uh volatile and uh unstable time in terms of the economy it's all relative isn't it so you know you're not going to see a scenario where inflation is is low and therefore interest rates are ridiculously high so as i said interest rates are more used as a tool to 
cool or increase that inflation so the answer to the question is it just depends what the economy is doing from from an inflation and economic growth perspective they'll it's used as a tool if they do need to be really high for a short period of time to cool it down then so be it and then obviously once it does cool down you'd probably see interest rates be reduced to a, a more normalized level okay but they're not they're not the same all around the world are they? there's going to be variations everywhere how does that work yeah absolutely so i mean we mentioned before there'll be there are many central banks around the world so the the interest rates are set by each countries or in the case of obviously place like european union the, the regions respective central bank given where we you know given where we are in the economy and, and everything that's happened in the last 10 15 years um it's it's unsurprising that we are in an extremely low environment of interest or interest rate environment around the world you know there's very few so although they are typically different at the minute they're all clustered around a, a very a very narrow range there's very few central banks um, that have an interest rate anything above you know, anything above zero really at the moment i'm sure well there's there's a few that i've seen around now that are negative interest rates how does that work are they are they giving you money <laughs> yeah so there are um bank of japan uh, uh also both the banks of denmark and sweden are i think uh, in switzerland as well so what they are effectively trying to do because if you think about what what the central bank does is they are they're effectively how can i put it they're the boss for the commercial banks so the commercial banks are below them and what they are trying to do is trying to encourage those banks by setting negative interest rates to, to try and get them to to lend more money because ultimately they're punishing these banks by setting negative interest rates for holding on to money um so whether negative interest rates work or not again this is uh, not been proven whether it does or whether it doesn't it's been if in the uk you know we're, we're at point one at the minute there has been some talk that we could go negative but whether or not it does that it gives the desired effect of what these central banks are looking for we it's not been proven so um in answer to your question why yeah it's as i said the, the aim is to stimulate economic growth stimulate borrowing but whether it works isn't really proven at this moment do you think that could filter through to savers could savers have to pay their bank to keep their money in the bank yeah uh i it's an interesting one. I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get to that point. I mean, I've seen some really weird things. I think, uh, you know, I think, was it Sweden? I think Sweden, you could, I think you could get a negative interest rate for your mortgage, I think, I saw at one point, which, I mean, th that just, the mind boggles as to how that works. But the, I guess the point was, is that the negative rate that you were getting on your mortgage was a smaller or lower negative rate than the rate that that was set by the central bank for interest rates so um but i don't I, i'd be surprised no I, I mean i don't know i don't know what the answer is to be honest chris could you ever see i mean if that happened you just think well i'll just put i mean i'm not this isn't a recommendation but you just go well, i'll put the cash under my bed because i'm not going to lose interest but but then you've seen it across the world and we'll go on to this is this is more topics for future uh future shows but um you know government bonds which is where you lend a government money so in the uk we've got uh, what's called gilts but in certain uh, areas in the, in the european union you know german government bonds they are they're now paying out a negative rate of interest which means you are paying 
the German government to lend them money, which just sounds mad. But obviously, for, for the average person, and going back to your question, for small amounts, it probably is unlikely that you'll see high street banks go negative because at the end of the day, the option for the individual will just be, well, I'll put it under my bed. But for massive institutions who need somewhere to store this money, they're, they're being forced to put it somewhere. And so that they need some security and therefore they're buying these these government bonds that are although they're giving them negative interest is giving them the security i mean it's these are unprecedented times in terms of negative uh, rates on bonds and stuff and, and as i said we'll talk about what's happening in that market and how these things work in future shows but uh, that that i mean as i said that from my point my my guess would be no to your answer of, of negative interest rates for savers but who knows, right? We could see, we could see, who knows what we could see from here. Wow. Depressing. Yeah, it is depressing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be great if we could borrow money at negative, right? As I said, there's mortgages where you can in, in I think it's Sweden. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's all a bit, economic theory would be a lot easier to talk about if we weren't in such a strange environment as we are today, but um, we are where we are. So that, that is pretty much i think unless there's any other things you think that are worth mentioning with interest rates central banks and how they work chris i think that's a fair summarization of interest rates and how they work yeah let's not oversaturate the listeners that's fair so i think obviously now as you know what, what we're looking to do with this show and the previous couple of shows is, is use these high level or the building blocks to help with future shows to explain um different subjects we talk about but i guess before we do that we should we should really just talk about uh from a basic level how interest rates will affect financial planning so chris you want to kind of talk about what you know what impact the interest rates whether they're they're at this level whether they change how that how that impacts people's perspectives generally speaking in terms of interest rates people who are borrowers yeah, usually it's going to be people at the younger end of the, the scale, people taking out loans or mortgages. They're going to be the ones who benefit from lower interest rates, whereas people who are at the other end of the scale who don't need to borrow, they've accumulated their wealth and they've got savings. They would like a return on their money. They're the ones who are going to lose out from lower interest rates. Obviously, flip the whole thing on its head and you get the people who are going to benefit from higher interest rates being those with savings and the people who are going to suffer the most are those with borrowing. I mean, it's a pretty sweeping generalization, but I think it's a solid rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes it. So I, obviously going back to what we're talking about with interest rates, you know, at the minute I said interest rates in the UK are point up to the base rate, uh, Bank of England base rate is 0.1%. So why, why are mortgage rates um higher than this uh, interest rate that's set well there's a few reasons but the the most apparent ones really are going to be well for starters when the government announces that rates are going to change that is the instant overnight rate whereas the mortgage company is looking at the longer term they're building into those rates profit because they aren't a charity i'm afraid they're also looking at the risk because if you 
go and lend a substantial amount of money from a bank to buy a house there's a chance that at some point you may not be able to pay back the debt they may have to then go through the whole rigmarole of repossessing the house to reclaim the debt and they need to build in some extra profit to cover that potential cost and the potential risk of people defaulting so it would be lovely if you could get whatever the base rate is when they say that it's changed on the news but it's, it's very unlikely that you are going to get the exact same rate yeah that makes sense okay so uh, going back to your point you just made then you said you mentioned that if interest rates are changed by uh, the bank of england then it doesn't affect the longer term but as far as i know there are you, you can obviously take out mortgages where a change in interest rate will affect your mortgage repayment right yeah well you've got two types of mortgage nowadays you've got well there's more than two but let's two types of interest rate let's say you've got fixed interest rates which pretty much do what they say on the tin you have a specific rate for a specific period might be say three percent for five years say and it doesn't matter what happens to the to the base rate or to interest rates it's going to stay the same until the end and then you've got what can be called a variable rate or a, or a tracker and that can change that is what is going to be impacted by the minute like you said scott we're really low we're at 0.1 percent for an interest rate now if interest rates went up say 0.25 percent which sounds like a very small increase might not set alarm bells ringing but several consecutive rises could have a significant impact because don't forget you know it wasn't it's not beyond the pales of memory when interest rates were four or five percent before 2008 came along now the bank of england said it's going to take its time getting back up to levels that are even anywhere near what they used to be and they're probably up now if you've got a variable mortgage this means that the interest rate changes as the bank changes its headline rate and what that means is your repayment is going to change so i'll give you an example if you've got a two hundred thousand pound mortgage We'll say it's over 25 years with a nice interest rate of two and a half percent whether you think that's nice or not it's <laughs> up to you <laughs> repayments so you're paying 905 pounds a month on that mortgage so let's say that the base rate goes up by 0.25 percent your monthly payment is going to go up from 905 pounds to 931 pounds so that's a 26 pound a month increase now i don't really want any increase but 26 pound a month if you're already struggling is going to be difficult now what would happen if it went up a bit higher say we had a few consecutive rises like happened in america the other year they managed to get up quite high mm-hmm. rates go up one percent your payment's gone from 905 to 1011 pounds a month now that's 106 pounds jump every month that's not small change and right. Yes, that is one of the appeals for a lot of people of a fixed rate mortgage you know what you're going to be paying but then on the flip side obviously if rates go down you may save some money now at the moment sitting at 0.1 percent don't go out getting your fanfare and your trumpets out if rates do go negative like we talked about before because most mortgages these days have a clause in them that says either they can't go below the base rate or they can't go negative sorry there's probably a few i think you mentioned a few in other countries that that have gone negative but um check the small print before you get excited yeah so 
servers with a fixed rate you're not immediately going to be affected but if you've got a really nice cheap rate now and you're coming up to the end of your fixed rate you might get a nasty surprise if rates have just increased when you go to either switch to a variable or renew for another fixed period it's going to be more of an issue for you okay that makes sense so i i guess and obviously that's you know the point about mortgage rates are higher than base rate it, it does kind of make sense i know i mean it's worth probably bearing in mind though it's not maybe it's not always been that way because as you mentioned when interest rates were higher than what they are today it might not necessarily have been you know interest rates in some cases were you could have got if you were lucky enough you could have got an interest rate of base rate minus 0.25 or minus 0.5 so but obviously from today's rates they need to they need to obviously be higher than what the the, the 0.1%. But I guess that goes on to the next question is because it's not just um, loans and mortgages that have an interest rate different to uh, the Bank of England interest, the Bank of England base rate, but savings as well. So I guess, again, at the minute, um, you know, interest that you can get on cash. Well, not in all cases, because some you are getting zero, but there are some where, you know, if you're lucky enough, you can get savings rate that are higher than base rate so so again why why is that the case well typically that's going to depend on how much that bank needs your money uh, if you are looking at one of the really big banks there's they call it the big four there's a good chance that if you look at the savings rate in the really strong and 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 big financial banks they're going to have rubbish savings rates because they are you know they've got deep pockets they don't necessarily need your money as much if you're a smaller bank and you've not got as much of a reach as many customers or as big a brand name you're probably going to need to offer a slightly higher interest rate to tempt people to come and give you their money because for a lot of people you know your savings you want to keep them as safe as you possibly can now there is compensation schemes and there's other things to keep your money safe but you know broadly speaking if you've never heard of a bank you're going to need something to to tempt you to go give them your money aren't you yeah that makes sense and i guess i guess then back to the other point correct me if i'm wrong but what you're there for typically see although although that interest rate on saving might be higher than the uh, 0.1 percent that that saving rate is still going to be lower than the mortgage rate right because as we mentioned banks are a, a business they're they want to make profits they're not going to they're not going to give you more interest on what on what you save than the interest they charge on on a loan exactly people forget that lending money is where banks make all their money yeah. how does interest rates or interest rate changes have an effect when it comes to investing well it very much it it changes people's mindset really so think about this if you've got your money in the bank and your money's getting i don't know let's say interest rate of four or five percent you might think well i can get by on four or five percent if you if you don't want to take the risk of investing money in the markets you might be quite happy with that and you can just sit on it so people might be slightly less inclined to invest if interest rates are quite high now obviously there will be people who think well if interest rates are that high how much can i get investing but uh, that's a story for another day really um, on the flip side and especially at the moment we see it quite a lot interest rates are pretty much nothing and people have got their money in a bank earning I don't know say you're in one of the big banks and you're earning 0.1% a year pretty much nothing and like we talked about last show inflation's you know they're trying to get around 
per annum. So you're effectively losing the best part of 2% every year just from sitting your money in the bank. Now that's a pretty depressing uh, thing to think about. So that makes people start to think, okay, well maybe I should be investing money rather than sitting it in the bank. So really low interest rates tends to see people give more thought to investing if they haven't done so before. Now, like I said, we're going to talk about investing in a bit more detail when you should think about investing, how to incorporate that into your planning. But that's not really something we can bolt on to the end of uh, an interest rate show. That is a show in its own right. I think you'll agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, brilliant. OK, so I think, you know, from you know, we've discussed inflation and interest rates now, how how they work, how they interact. It's important to understand how they work to help you when it comes to making a financial plan. So given we've covered these points, you know, hopefully, Chris, we can now move on to more practical topics that will give, um, you know, listeners steps to take to get uh, their finances on track. Yeah, we haven't really given you any homework so far. We're just trying to educate, but it's going to start coming thick and fast, I think now. And I don't know about you, Scott, but I'm pretty excited about the shows we've got coming up. Yeah, yes, yeah, we've got some good topics lined up, I think, that are you know obviously relevant hopefully they're relevant to, uh, to our listeners and talking about topics that are probably more uh, in the thoughts of our listeners on a day-to-day basis so yeah definitely now the, the title's gone johnny's got it first emailer but if you've got any questions we'd love to hear from you and where we can we will cover it off in upcoming shows and answer any questions as best we can the email address just as a reminder is show at cashgoalspodcast.com and any questions at all just fire them over we'd love them if you've enjoyed the show so far then well i'm not going to be shy about this we really want your reviews so the more stars the better of course i was gonna say only, only the good ones though chris right we don't want to you know yeah put, put bad reviews in the post and we will read them and reply separately good reviews five stars get them on your podcast app I think, what is it, Apple, Apple, you can just go in, is a star rating and a comment. I'm not too sure on how the other ones work. Yeah, all of them you can just, they've all got the option to leave a review. So, yeah, as, as you said, Chris, just whatever whatever channel, whatever medium you use to listen and download our podcast, then please leave a review. And uh, that, that will help, obviously, spread the word and, and get more people listening to what, what we are trying to do here and trying to help educate people more when it comes to financial planning yes please i guess that's it that is yeah, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna steal your bit now and i'm gonna say that's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him oh mate <laughs> what was i supposed to say <laughs> what was i supposed to say bye scott bye <laughs>